You're listening to the More Than Punk podcast. I'm Seb Mackay, and thanks for coming back for another week. This week, I'm really excited to bring you Carpal Tunnel. These guys are awesome, and they're a super young band that are doing some really great stuff. The track you're listening to right now is called Flora. It's off their debut album, Bloom. And these guys signed to Pure Noise Records for that debut album, which is absolutely awesome. They met on what's sort of known as the Tinder for bands. It's called Vampa. Two weeks after they were on Vampa, they met up, they got into the studio, started playing, started hanging out, the band formed, and some seriously great tunes came out of it. There's a couple of parts in this where Danny, who I'm talking to, makes me feel a little bit like the grand old man, as he talks about growing up listening to music on his phone, but it's an awesome feat these guys have done. He is such a sweet dude, so grounded, so intelligent, so onto it. You know, we talk a lot about things like being starstruck, but also about being an idol for people in your early 20s. What's that like? We talk about, you know, whether record deals should come with therapists, what it's like being on stage with bands that you absolutely love and grew up listening to. It's a wide-ranging conversation, as always, but man, it is such a good one. I feel like I say that every week, but this podcast has definitely found its stride, and we've been having some great conversations with some very awesome people. So I'm going to get right into it. This is my conversation with Danny from Carpool Tunnel. You're on More Than Punk Podcast, and stick around to the end. I've got Flora in full, and I can't wait for you guys to get into this band. I know you're going to fall in love with them just as much as I have. Daniel, how you doing? Hi, Zeb. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm t- I'm doing pretty good, man. It's been it's been a good night. It's just hit 8 p.m. here, so cracked into the ciders. Had a pizza for dinner that probably gave me COVID. So this might be the last one of these I ever do. <laughs> oh no! Well, I appreciate you uh, uh, extending to your evening to accommodate for the time change. Don't even worry about it. I started out doing these things in New Zealand before I moved to the UK and I would interview bands at like two o'clock in the fucking morning. So this is actually awesome for me. I'm like, 8 p.m. is totally reasonable. Oh yeah, it's a vibe. Like there's less pressure at at night. It's just time flows. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's, you know, when you're doing it at three o'clock in the morning, like you've either slept and woken up and you still still feel groggy or you've kind of tried to stay up and you're just sitting there like, what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) So, you know, at least this is fun. Loose lips sink ships and all that though, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's sink some ships. I mean, congratulations on the album and obviously the signing to Pure Noise. What a fucking awesome label. Thank you. We are very stoked and grateful to be a part of a truly a really, really great team. I mean, that must, like, when you got that call, talk to me a little bit about, like, about that. What was that like? <laughs> so. Oh, you've um, got a cat. Yeah, this is Sadie. Hey. Okay. Hey. So there's a thing on this podcast where I find out if people have cats or not. And you, yeah. I'm happy to say, are the third person in a row with a cat. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, she's super sweet. She looks awesome. Sorry, I cut you off there. <laughs> You're good. No apologies for cats. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Just that, like, what what was it like when you got that call from Pure Noise being like, hey, we, you know, we want to work with you? <clears throat> well, we talked to Jake, who was the owner of the company directly. Mm-hmm. And that was super comforting, too, because we know that it wasn't like, I, I said a lot, I think, that the owner was calling out and reaching out to us, too. And overall, it was just the vibe, like the personalities and the meshing of everyone. Mm-hmm. We've had other smaller labels reach out for us to us um, <clears throat> with this new album. And as a band, we decided, because we've been doing everything DIY for a long time. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, so we decided we would only sign to labels that made sense. And Pure Noise being a well-recognized label, and a few of our members grew up listening to the bands that are on that label too. That's like the the shock, like, wow, like, this is a real deal. This is a real thing. And um, the energy was there. It felt good. And like, wow, this makes sense. It's a great opportunity for both parties. And it was a genuine connection. It just felt really great. Awesome. I was talking to um, Shane from Silverstein the other week. This is just for a quick, like us, uh, this uh, then versus now segue that we're going to do. And he was talking about how the band signed to Victory Records like 20 years ago, right? And they were, they would make the press kits, hand make them and then post like their demo CDs and shit out to labels. And so they were getting they were getting like I, I say literal mail like that makes me sound like a fucking millennial they were getting post coming back to them after they'd signed to victory being like sorry you're not a good fit for us i mean obviously it's hugely different now right but when you're hunting for a label or you're kind of out there what's that like to hunt for a label yeah or just to be like knowing that you're going to be having those conversations and you know you've I mean, you're essentially doing the sales part of the music industry at that point, right? Yeah. And that, that was honestly, it can be stressful at times too, because what we love to do is, is create music. Um, and when a few labels reached out to us and we, we did, we sent out our music to booking agents and to some managers and to some labels and some got back to us and some didn't. Um, Pure Noise came to a connection. We came into a con- connection with Pure Noise from a booking agent. Mm-hmm. Um, so they reach out, or they sent it, whatever. They did all the connections, but the gnarly part, dude, my cat needs to, <laughs> needs to get out of this room. She is, yeah. The gnarly part of it was looking at all the contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because as a band, like we were there to do music. So it was stressful going more into the business side of it. Um, but then again, that is a reason why we're signing and partnering up with people. So we have a larger team that can do that. So we can focus on why we created a band in the first place. Yeah, I feel like that's the part that always catches people by surprise you know like everyone said well with me obviously being the exception being of this side of the industry but sets out to create music be in a band play shows and all that kind of stuff and when the business side of it comes along you talk to a lot of people that are just like we didn't have a fucking clue like what you know for you guys did you have people you could lean on to like ask for help or i mean obviously you have pure noise now but leaning up to that what was that like um we had we had a couple uh, like big brother bands that is a little bit ahead ahead of us and super great for that. Um, and we asked them like, Hey, is this like, what does this deal look like? Is this okay? Is like, this a proper split? Like, Oh, there's like, it's just pretty gnarly to, to see what, what's in the contracts and like, mm-hmm. especially with lawyers too like going over everything like what what are, what do these words mean so lawyers are really helpful too to kind of put things in english um and just the the homies the friends the connections that have either said yes or no to certain labels and told us why um so just kind of reaching out with the network that we have. i lost you just on that last bit Um, uh, just overall talking with the family and the network that we've created and just kind of seeing as a whole, if, if everyone kind of agreed, this was a right choice for us. Yeah. And I mean, like, obviously you've made that choice, right? Like you've made the right choice. I mean, pure noise is like legendary. Um, and I can think of so many bands that have kind of come before you on that label. Like that must be such a mental thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I grew up, I grew up, uh, playing, like going to Warped Tour a bunch and I played drums in Carpal Tunnel. So mm. that's, my roots are in like heavy, hardcore music. So 
bands like Knocked Loose in the story so far were bands that have always been in my phone, like growing up as a kid. And to be in like that company in that same bubble is a really amazing feeling. Yeah, man. It's it's such a cool thing. And you're talking like just now about how obviously you play the drums, you're like more into the heavy side. You guys, I mean, Couple Tunnel, like you're no Slipknot kind of thing, right? For you creatively, where's that kind of that balance, right? If you're coming from the heavier side of things and, and did you feel like you wanted to kind of reinvent what you were doing or just sort of bring a heavier tone to, to the band? Um, well, this is Carpal Tunnel is pretty much the first real band that we've all really been in. Mm-hmm. Um, our guitar player, Bradley, he's been in a couple bands before and here and there, but this is the first like band where we all bought a van together and like we lived in a house together. So this is like the real deal for us. And to answer that question, I would say it all came together pretty organically um, with not so much of an intention in mind to let's write a certain song with this heavy drum part or this uh, different dynamics to it. It's more, I grew up playing this music. So that's when I connect with drums, when I play drums, that's just how I play naturally. Mm. And the same thing with everyone else in the band, they have their natural roots. And then we all like sing together and we're also really good at listening. So we're able to pick up what other people are putting down and kind of all come forward and create what Carpal Tunnel is. You know, I have to admit the first time I heard the band name, I felt seriously called out. I was like, fucking these arms. And then I saw it written down and I was like, oh yeah, that makes way more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have Carpal Tunnel? Oh dude, it's a, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Every musician's worst nightmare, right? Well, and I guess that's the thing is like, I can just chat and I'm fine. A little bit of wriggling the mouse to, to do some audio. But I mean, for you guys, it's, it's career breaking, right? Yeah. Not to like take a dark turn on the conversation or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a definitely a good play, play on words. Yeah, for sure. So what, have you heard of the band uh, Mongol Horde? I've not. So they're, um, so Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls, Frank does a sort of hardcore band on the side. And it's just you talking about the dynamics of couple, um, made me think of that band because their guitarist is classically trained, but they're mm-hmm. like absolute kind of hardcore punk. And it's that same kind of like f- two different sides of a coin, you know? That's sick. Yeah. They're, they're totally cool. You should, you should check them out. Definitely. Uh, I would love to check them out. So there's, there's a, there's a plug. I was chatting with, um, just friends the other day about how we're like growing up in the different scenes. Cause you know, you were saying that you've been to warp tour and all that kind of thing, which is so normal for you guys. Right. But I like, yeah. I've never been to warp tour. It just, it didn't exist where I grew up. So it's, it's like the scenes completely different. And I was saying my introduction to heavy music was, um, the murder dolls covering Billy Idol's white wedding. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but like Wednesday 13 with his red dreadlocks and like his sort of death mask makeup and stuff. It is something like you watch it and like, you know, when you're like 13, you watch it and you're like, what the fuck am I looking at? And then you just kind of go, this is what I want to be. <laughs> yeah. It starts when you're like 13. <laughs> and then it just traps you for life. Eh? That's so funny murder dolls and what was the what was the other band that you said with the classical guitar oh uh mongol horde mongol horde that's sick. yeah fucking fantastic name definitely check them out thank you no no worries i mean i love it what have you been listening to lately what's what's keeping you kind of like fresh and inspired amongst all of this insanity honestly um not not bands lately yeah tell me what have you heard Sir? Yeah. Um, Sir is on uh, Top Dog Entertainment, and it's kind of R&B, really soulful music. And um, he sings about, about like, raw, authentic, like, emotion, I feel. And it's just a really great curated album. He has a really good album called Chasing Summers, and that's kind of been on repeat for me lately. 
Nice. You I, yeah. Sorry. So, you I was going to add, um, to like kind of hip hop R and B. And then on the other side of that, I'm diving into jazz. Ah, um, interesting. Miles Davis, because as a drummer growing up, listening to heavy metal music a lot with the double bass and like hard hitting, really difficult, or I'd say intricate playing. And then that's like way to the right side. And then all the way to the left side, I'd say it's jazz playing, which is, I think, equally as intricate and really intelligent music, but a completely different approach. So I'm diving into that music now. Is that kind of like a palate cleanser for you where you're like, we exist in the kind of punk slash rock world all the time. And I mean, you can only pull so much kind of inf like information from that music before it kind of starts to sound a bit samey, right? So by <laughs> jumping into jazz, is that like your well of inspiration? Yeah, um, especially with the improvisation mm -hmm. that jazz artists have. Because I've seen heavy metal bands um, I'd say like, like Memphis Mayfire was one of my favorite bands growing up and I've seen them countless times, but like each time the set would be the same, mm -hmm. but I loved it. I thought it was sick as heck. And, um, they'd have like, I don't know if they play to a metronome or anything and all is good. You know, I'm not like saying one's better than the other. Um, but the difference of having like the punk scene almost fitting into a like a perfect box almost like we're playing the parts correctly versus jazz being like there's way less form and we'll never play the same song we'll never play the same song the same twice i guess so that's the part that i'm taking away from a lot is the improvisation and the rawness and like if it's in the first like they get the songs done in the first five takes and if not, like past a six take, they're like, all right, the vibe's dead. Let's move on to something else. Man, I was, it's funny you say Memphis Mayfire. I was tripping on the Challenger album the other night. I was like, holy shit, it's been so long since that record came out. And I was just like, where has the time fucking gone? I mean, it, it's, it's funny, right? Because it's kind of feels like the antithesis of punk when everything is so perfectly meticulously played like every single time you know i know and don't get me wrong i know like we expect that right we see a day to remember and all those awesome bands and they are incredibly tight but for you do you feel like you're kind of like reclaiming a bit of sense of punk rock when you can sort of spread out and you know improvise a bit and the band come with you definitely um i feel like that's the love of music like because that's expression of humanity and who we are as people too like we're having an organic conversation right now we're playing jazz right now with our voices <laughs> like, like it's this isn't some like pre-recorded thing i said i'm gonna say these words perfectly it's like we're, we're just having fun so i feel like that's really important when it comes to music too yeah, hundred percent. You were talking about exp like expression of self and humanity before. Did you for when you did you find that drums were like your thing, or did you kind of have to move around and and find it? Because I know a lot of drummers start off as guitarists, or they start off doing, you know, whatever else. And someone's like, "Oh, we need a drummer," and they go, "Oh, I guess I'll do it." Like, what was that the same for you? Did you kind of get kicked into that trap, or did you just love them from the go? No, um, my dad plays drums, so. That so was, was in the a blood. huge, yeah, yeah. And it's it's been, if anything, now I'm starting to uh, play around with piano or guitar or something, but it's been drums for love at first sight. Yeah, me. yeah, very nice. Your, your dad must be stoked to see, like, that passion of his go to you and then you go to Pure Noise. Like, that must be the craziest thing you can hope for as a parent, right? It's so sick. We have an amazing connection over drums and I'm truly grateful to, especially with drums, because there's a lot of gear involved and a lot of knowing like quality gear does make a difference with drums um, and tuning and just asking questions 
it's I'm so grateful to have someone that like my father who knows these answers and can let me know and kind of set the path. And it's truly amazing. Whereas comparatively, I just talk shit on the internet. <laughs> well, that's that's a, like <laughs> you can find you can the internet's a gnarly place. You can find everything there. So it's definitely nice to have a human connection first. <laughs> this is <laughs> for sure. This is a very uh, self depreciating podcast, by the way. Um, but also, dr- like drums are fucking loud too, right? Yeah. Like. I mean, I, I know I'm stating the obvious, but I remember as a kid, like going home being like, I want to play the drums and it just being like, no, no, they're loud. Like get a bass and an amp and a pair of headphones or something, you know? Yeah. Um, another thing I'm in a, in a room with a bunch of padding. I'm so the- jealous of your soundproofing, man. It's, it's, that's another thing my dad helped me with too. Cause he knows, cause he, his parents were like, playing drums too loud or something like he had to sacrifice around the drums he had the passion so he knows what it's like to have no one really play drums around you and so he gave me the opposite parenting it's like all right let's make this the best we can do because i know what it's like that's that's so sick i'm just like yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can tell much from the echo. My soundproofing is all this way. This box, it's like a box room, right? It's all concrete walls and shit. I mean, yours is just next level. Like, that looks sick. Thanks. Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those weird things that you kind of, like, geek out on when you do when you do these sorts of interviews. I, interviews is sort of a slightly strange word, but, like, depending on who you chat with, you kind of get those those weird sort of insights into people's lives, right? That you wouldn't necessarily get, you know? Like Shane from Silverstein bought his cat tower from Old Canadian Tire. And that's like a weird thing that I just happened to know because I video called them and it was in the background. You know what I mean? It's like, it's such a strange kind of insight. What's your favorite part about doing podcasts? Oh, the tables have turned. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it gets dangerous. Oh man, that's such a, um, I mean, I started out doing like those 20 minute time slot interviews with bands where you would get a, like, you would get emailed a calling card so you could join a conference room, right? And the band would, would come in and they talk and you get 20 minutes and then you go away and you'd write an article. And eventually I kind of just got to the point where like, I was spending half my life taking these 20 minute interviews and cutting them down to like the best two minutes or three minutes to cram them into like a 350 word feature on a page. So I think for this, it's just that kind of long form, like being able to have a narrative, but sort of move through it, you know, and, and take your time with that kind of stuff. I feel like it's way more genuine than being the eighth guy in a line of 10 and having to feel like you need to impress, you know, the guys in soil work, which is incredibly fucking intimidating. So don't get me wrong, they're lovely guys, but you know, when you know that you're that guy and you've seen the list of people before you, it's it's a whole like different kind of pressure as opposed to just vibing and, and hanging out, you know? Is, it, is this your first, your first podcast? This is my first podcast. I love it. This I, is, I say that. That's amazing. This is two in a row. So um, yeah, for Chris from Just Friends, it was his first podcast as well. So so far, I'm still getting callbacks. So there's some good positive shit in there, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's cool. No, I mean, I'm happy to, man. One of the things that I'm really keen to talk to you guys about, and I always feel weird about talking about the pandemic, because in a way, it's kind of old hat, you know, like, we're all just living but also it's a weird time to like release an album so like i mean obviously you can't sit on an album forever and hope the world's gonna like come to rights right but how does that change the way you think about the album process when you can't go out and tour and you know do all that kind of shit that's definitely definitely two sides to that coin um i would say I guess starting with the 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 bittersweet side um, that we so one we recorded um, our debut album Bloom the October of 2019 mm-hmm. 
been a hot minute of sitting on it and waiting to get the red labels and to get an album release show and then do the tour and everything. And these were things we were going to do ourselves. And then like, all right, maybe let's like work with, we were, we were, before we signed with Pure Noise, we were debating a lot if we should just release it ourselves. And then we ended up going with Pure Noise, which I'm stoked for still. Um, Cause it's just, there's so many benefits to that, but the bittersweet side is that now building the team with the managers and the labels and the booking agents and like, and getting the advertisements and the music videos and all this, the, the marketing and business stuff and the social media and building our fan base. It's all amazing. It's all great. And it's like, this is part of the process. And I'm very grateful. Don't get me wrong. I'm super grateful for all we're doing right now. And at the same time, it's like, but when there's not shows, Mm. it makes it really difficult. Um, Because we're a live band, like we... um, like we were saying before, playing the live and having like the jazz improvisation, the vibing feel. Same thing you kind of, uh, how you appreciate the podcast of like the hanging out vibe and just like being there with someone and having that interaction. That's kind of the same feeling we get at a show with the people who come to our show, our friends, families, and fans that come out. Like that's what why we play music. We love playing shows so much. And it's almost like, that being the foundation of everything and it's like without that it's like we're we're still building a lot but it's, mm. it's a, it takes a lot of discipline and like hope and seeing acceptance really to um, keep going without shows yeah it's it's definitely like you said not the reason that you get into this kind of music right like i know that there are some niche bands that'll make records and choose not to tour them and do internet releases and that kind of thing and that works for them but yeah i think mostly you get into it to to get in in other people's faces which sounds like a fucking otherworldly thing right now but yeah i mean i feel you right the last show that i went to was a year ago and i'm just jonesing for it like mad what show was it um, it was Frank Turner at the Barrowlands in Glasgow. Nice. So it was about two weeks before we were told to never go outside again. So it's immaculate timing. Because mm-hmm. any later, it would have been game over. Yeah, I feel that. But for, I mean, for you, like, obviously there's still the promotion stuff to, to take care of, right? You do this and a whole bunch of other shit, but do you find that you're more focused on social media and like, is tweeting more important or like, cause I imagine there's kind of a mindset shift around that. Definitely. So, and this kind of goes towards with that. I can tie, tie, tying that around to the benefit of releasing the album um, at this time too, which I, that's the intention to get to that at the end. But for answering your question with like the, where the focus is of like tweeting or marketing or building something, it is such a strange time. And for the first several months of quarantine, we didn't really, we just stepped back from everything and kind of just listened and, and let things play out and just had understanding and um, still being in this position of being in a band and with a label and on stage and, and and I, okay, so I, I remember going to all these shows, seeing the band walk out and be like, wow, your music means so much to me. Like, can I get a, like a picture or autograph or something like doing the whole fangirl thing? Um, and I'm grateful enough to have the opportunity and I'm grateful enough to have the opportunity in the reverse shoes. I've been to a show and people have come up to us and say how much our music means to them. Does that, that mind fuck you? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely does. It definitely does. It take a hot minute. I'm like, what? What is happening? Um, and at the same time, it's such a beautiful 
humble, grateful feeling. Um, and at the same time, I am 20 years old and I am a human being. Um, and so there can be times like everything flows, you know, everything's temporary. There can be times where I'm like feeling, um, there's a few times where I'll be like on stage or like we just end the, end the set and I feel pretty uncomfortable of like, there's so much attention from these people. Like, why is everyone looking at me? If we're all equal, you know, I'm just as human as you. Like, why am I on this stage and not everyone on this stage? Um, it can be a, I think, I think all bands or any like, people who like who, who can be so influential to people like with the label with the signing deal you should get a therapist too <laughs> like yo people can interact with you a lot differently now having just your normal homie conversation is different um when you're at a show because people put you in a bubble or in a box um so this is still still trying to tie into your question you know it's all good dude that's why we do long form because you know i think it's important to talk about this stuff you know as an industry we don't really talk about what it's like to be you know 20 and fucking doing the shit that you're doing right and and what that feels like and in a pandemic <laughs> you know yeah. um so i've had just specifically with that i've had shows where it's like yo this is like kind of being nervous about it and then i've also had shows being ex having acceptance and saying okay i know what it's like to love music so much and this is why I'm, i love music that's why we're in a band that's why we're sharing with people and our music we write songs that can help people through challenging times like that's a goal like we heal people heal ourselves with our music first and foremost and that's the energy we put out so that's the energy we attract to um so with acceptance with that and knowing that we're here to like serve a higher purpose and knowing that these people and accepting that these people aren't going to treat me like a as a homie they're gonna idolize me in some way on on stage um I don't know if idolize is the best word, but like have that kind happens. of, yeah. And the kind of like that starstruck that can happen that I've, I've definitely experienced being the person like, wow, you're so-and-so that's crazy. You're in person right now. <laughs> um, um, so accepting that there has been times where I'm able to step into those shoes with so much love and gratefulness and, a whole like sense of humility behind it too of being humble because i wouldn't be on stage without any of these people mm. that are that are in the audience so it's like just being super grateful to everyone and being able to accept the love and give back love is a very powerful mindset to stay afloat and stay healthy being in this position of being a 20 year old human being in a band on a label with amazing opportunities. I, I imagine I'm going to sound like the grand old man now, cause I'm almost 30. Um, but I imagine that nothing prepares you for that. Like, I know that for me, it, when people say to me like, Oh, Hey, you did this thing. And I really like connected with it. or I really enjoyed it. Like that's, that's cool. And I get a bit of a buzz off it. Right. But I'm just, I'm just hanging out. Like I'm just shooting the shit, you know, I'm not the guy that people listen to when they're going through a rough time, you know, they, they're like sad and they want to be lifted up and that they don't put this fucking podcast on, you know what I mean? Like, this is like, we have a good time, but with music, that's so different. And I imagine that nothing prepares you for that kind of, you know, having that place in people's hearts. Mm. 
Well, one, you don't know. Some people could live, put on this podcast being like, I just need to laugh right now. I just need to shoot this shit. <laughs> you never know. Sure. They're like, that guy's a fucking idiot. I just need to laugh. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, but that's a very interesting point. Or, yeah. <laughs> of being, I guess that, and that kind of goes with what I was doing. Yeah, there is there is not a lot of preparation. That's why I said like all all labels, if band gets signed, a therapist should be involved in that. Um, and therapy can be through music or or writing or or any form of preparate to have that preparation. And I think that is a preparation. It doesn't have to be with another person. Whoa. Um, it can just be with the self, um, which I think is kind of leading back into to, to the point of saying, like, what are we, what at least have we been focused on for the, in quarantine of like doing all this social media and stuff and pushing out all this stuff? it's so important before doing all of that and kind of advertising or or interacting with some way to be secure in the self first um does that make sense yeah man a hundred percent I, I imagine though that you must have times where you just go what the fuck is happening mm -hmm. what are those times like um there's there's amazing times there's there's one 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 time i like in a positive and negative way i guess the negative way i kind of already said before i was in san diego we just finished the show and then i'm like Everyone else walked on stage and I'm just chilling on the drums because I'm like in a crowded stage. The drums are more difficult to run off stage than everyone else. So I'm just chilling by myself and the whole crowd's like, do a drum solo, like do this. And everyone's like yelling at me and I'm like wearing a weird shirt. I don't really feel comfortable with it. I'm like, what's going on? Like that was a what the fuck moment. Like I need to get out of here real quick. Um, and the opposite is that, opposite of that, um, we play in like Reno or San Francisco. Or like the first time uh, seeing someone sing our song, that's a what the fuck moment. Um, of of being on stage and knowing the or like when when people hear one of our our songs, they hear the song for the first time on their phone when it's already out, but we hear the songs months before we play them and like they have history and they have meaning and we have gone through stuff over these songs. So playing them and experiencing that connection with the audience, that's like a crazy moment too, of just being starstruck on stage, looking at a sea of people having a great time singing back our songs. It must be so weird when, and, and obviously you're a touring band, all things considered, but you you're playing outside of where you grew up and there are people that start singing your songs back to you, you know, like, and it is sense when you're, I think when you're building like a local scene and people get used to having you play around clubs and all of that kind of shit. But as soon as you start to like branch out and the speed of the internet, right. To get people out and out now, I mean, is that more than you imagined it would be at the level that you're at? Um, I want to know if I wouldn't, Honestly, I wouldn't say it's more than I imagined because I mm -hmm. think I grew up in a time where social media and the internet was where I found all my music and seeing all these people um, doing, like being so successful just from the internet and getting their music out there. It's definitely some, an awesome part of life right now. Um, and especially right now, because that's kind of our are currently our only outlet for people through the internet that um that again sounding like the grand old man but that that like 
10 years difference is so fucking weird because i used to get cds posted to me so that i could write reviews about them and of course now you get a Dropbox link or, you know, whatever. Right. And it's, it's such a weird thing. Um, I mean, do you hope that the album's going to hit different now and kind of, you know, you know, I mean, given everything that's going on, like if, obviously when people have normal lives, you can catch someone at any given moment with your music. Right. But this sort of idea of like collective experience that we're in now, do you hope the album's going to hit a bit differently than it would otherwise? I'm actually super glad you said that because I forgot to go back to that point when you first mentioned that. Um, so thank you for that. And I think definitely, yes, like with the whole um, lockdown and everything that's going on, we've had to push our album release back multiple times. We were gonna, we were going to release it in May or March and then it kept on going and going and going. Now it's out for February of 2021. And because of the lyrics that we we sing and express and the message behind the whole album, the album is about self-love or it's the the title is bloom like a flower who shall bloom and just being blooming in all ways of of self-connection and connection with others and the connection i feel like is something that is being very tampered with right now with everyone's families and friends and just face-to-face interaction is is I don't want to say it's going away because I don't want to put that out there, but it's, it's like, it's a really strange time. Um, but with all things being considered, I think this is the best time that this album could be coming out because of our message and because we curated the album. So when you listen to it, you feel like you, you go through something during it. Like it, we take you on a journey with the album so you can experience your highs and your lows and feel like you've grown at the end of it. And I feel like that's something the world needs right now of just having. Yeah, man, a hundred percent. I remember um, a day to remember said a few years ago that like they want to be people's favorite bands, you know, in the sense that kind of any mood that you're in, there's an a day to remember song that's going to like accompany that or a style or whatever. I think they've been very successful at that. But for you guys, was there a real deliberate thing to be like, this is going to be a band of positivity, you know, and a, and a band that's going to put good things out in the world. Like I get the sense that that is true, but it's always worth asking. Um, I think again, kind of, saying of how our music sounds and their message is almost the same thing. It just came organically. It wasn't really something kind of writ wrote down. Um, but we started the band in like 2017. And then a few months after we had a name, we all moved in together in San Francisco. Um, and this is like moving out of the house for the first time for myself and Bradley. Um, and, um, we have gone through some times just growing into who we are today and like gone through depressions and gone through stress and and hard times and music has been there to almost heal ourselves or to have a positive sense of escapism to kind of go in dreamland for a second and that kind of helps reality um so i feel like it's just a, it's a reflection of what we've gone through and experienced the the ups and downs of life and having the ups kind of carry it all yeah for sure and i guess that the, like the thing that you can hope for most is that that's what people get you know like there's that sense of like and i guess i, I said it before but that, that sort of collective experience that we're that we're going through I mean, and it's funny, you know, you go to, and you obviously know what this is like, but you go to a show and you see people like singing along to the same songs that you sing along to. 
and you're like, oh man, does like does this song mean the same thing to those people, or does it mean something slightly different? But whatever it is, it's kind of brought us all together in this room. God, I'm nostalgic for shows right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute, dude. It has been a minute. Um, yeah, dude. To everyone, it's almost it's gnarly how, like, we can't fully like we can express how we feel with words to a certain point but i'm never gonna know how you feel or what's going on inside from your perspective mm. and with with everyone else you know yeah there's this thing i like to do where i put people on the spot um and gently apologize for it um but at the end of the podcast i'm gonna spin the new single uh flora so Talk me through the song a little bit, like less from a music production side and more from a kind of, why is that the single? Like, what is, what does that song kind of mean to you guys? And that's the one the label picked off a list is totally a valid story. <laughs> what was the last thing you said? I said, and that's the one the label picked off the list is totally a valid story. Cause I know that that happens sometimes too. Um, uh, yeah, it wasn't that the pure noise is actually really really sweet of of we can ask like hey like can we do this like can we do this and they're like yeah sounds good sounds like we've only gotten yeses from them so they're just they're able to kind of help create our vision which is awesome um the reason why flora was the second single our first single we released on pure noise and the first single off our album is Empty Faces. And that's kind of our ballad or our, um, it's a deep hitting song. That's kind of where the album kind of like, it's one of the downs. Um, and that was because of, we also thought it was a good first impression of us too. So we put our good foot forward and it reflected reflected the seasons and the time going on of not seeing people and kind of um, empty faces. Ben always says is about not really like losing connection to people that you see on like social media a lot. But like that's a face, but do you really have that connection with that person anymore? Um, and there's. So there's there's reasons for the first single and that goes with the second single flora is to say like hey yeah we know kind of a where whole album is like we know like things can be upsetting but like check it out like we can also dance and have a really good time and kind of that's probably the most contrasting color and feel to empty faces that we would follow up with and just get people stoked like you don't really know what's on this album. This album changes feeling. And have you listened to it? Did we yeah. send you the album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I fucking love it. I appreciate that. Um, I'm glad you did. Um, and yeah, so just like a complete, completely different vibe from Empty Faces. And we wanted to show our dynamic um, diversity. That's awesome. Dude, thank you for coming and hanging out um, on the show and putting up with my shit. I appreciate it. It's been a blast. All good. I really appreciate it too. Thank you. I mean, how cool was that, right? What a fucking awesome dude and such a great band. I'm super excited to see where these guys end up. I know that they have an incredibly bright and interesting future ahead of them. As I said at the start of the episode, thanks for coming and hanging out for another week. It's always appreciated. Pass this one around more than the others if you like. Find some people that you think would be into Carpool Tunnel. We've got Flora coming up for you next so you can get a real taste for the band. And like I said, the album is out on the 26th of Feb, so that's only a few days away. Make sure you get on Spotify. You go to the Pure Noise Record store. You pick up a copy of that album. Let's support these guys. Let them keep doing what they're doing. They're a seriously great band. This is Flora. It's from Carpal Tunnel's debut album. And that album is called Bloom. And it is out very soon. You're on the More Than Punk podcast. And I'll catch you again next week.